Hello, everyone. I'm Chris White. And I am Stevens Brown. And we are from Tap Pest Control Installation. And once again, thank you for downloading our podcast. We're glad you took some time to listen to us. And this is the last episode of the season. Correct. Last one of the season. <laughs> yeah. So we're, uh, we usually end right around uh, uh, end of April here. And then we're going to we'll pick up again in the fall. Uh, we'll see if we change things up next year or what we're going to do. Everything depends on your, your feedback. So, yep, so uh, we got a good topic to today, though. Good topic, huh? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is one, you know, we it, it's kind of a definite, definite secondary, tertiary step, so to speak. But nonetheless, there's a lot of management discussion about it. And we get a lot of calls. And that is talking about adding tap into the walls of new and or existing homes. We'll talk, we'll talk retrofit and new construction. But first... Let's get into talking about doing tap in new homes, meaning new construction. Um, and let's talk dense packing first. So, um, you know, I, I just kind of back up a little bit. Just uh, we get questions all the time. People, can we, you know, oh, we put it in the attic. Can we put it in the walls? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Um, there are different, uh, you have different construction for you. you have new construction and existing. And like you said, we'll talk about new, new construction first. Um, so, you know, you might be thinking, well, what's the difference between new construction and existing construction? Um, the drywall is not on the new construction. Yeah. <laughs> not right away. You can get so, into the cavity easy. You can walk through the cavity actually. <laughs> yeah. So, so really what we're, we're talking about is, um, you know, putting up a netting to hold it in where the drywall would normally be yep. and using the sheathing on the outside of the house as your backside. Yep. And, and then uh, dense packing is the term that we use to put it in the uh, wall. So it's, it's contrary to putting it into an attic where that's called a loose fill. You're, yep. you're just blowing it in the air and letting it fall. Where here we actually want to get it up to a, a level of three and a half to four pounds per cubic foot. Yep. And that is a uh, technical term, but it is very important to get it to those. Um, and it, but it's a little easier than you think uh, yep. if you have the right tools and equipment. Exactly. And I was going to say, so what you're going to need to do that is we're get, Chris mentioned the term netting. So we're going to be netting over these walls and it's basically like a fabric, like you would see in a box spring mattress or what they use for couches and stuff like that. But a stapler, staples and air compressor we're not talking about a hammer stapler we're definitely talking about a staple <laughs> gun you know, you're going to need some different hoses some step down hoses you know a metal tube you've got to calibrate the machine to where it, it, it's packing at that proper dense packing um and, and then an overall roller when you get done to make sure that stuff is even tied against the wood so yeah so let's talk a little step by step here so the first thing you're going to want to do is you're going to want to net those walls yep. um so we're going to use that that webbing or that netting, however you want to call it, it's it's a different products. Um, we carry one. It's uh, it's a kind of that uh, like Stevens mentioned, the stuff underneath a, a couch or underneath a box spring, kind of that kind of material. It allows the air to pass through, um, but it traps the material from coming out. So, what we want to do is we want to install that up. And like you said, you don't want to use a hammer stapler or, or a or a squeeze stapler. Um, unless you want someone to look like Popeye at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, staples need to be about one inch apart. Yep. So you use a lot of staples and we want to use a stapler. Um, what we're using is a pneumatic upholstery stapler. Yep. So 
It's in, in the stapler world, it's the automatic weapon of the stapler world. Yep. Um, <laughs> you can squeeze the tracks and you can, uh, you can put out, you know, 60 staples a minute or 8,000 staples a minute. And I'm not kidding. I highly recommend toning it down to go with your flow of your arm pull. (laughs) Yeah. You you want to do it that you can move your hand down the face of a stud while holding the the netting across it. Um, And you, you can set the stapler to that speed. So you're driving those staples in at about one inch apart. That's going to be the key. Um, that you want to, you want to do to make sure that's tight and it has to be drum tight. And we're, yeah. So we're putting this on, you really do. You want to work from the middle of the wall out, yep. pulling that, that, uh, the webbing tight so that when it's done, it literally is feels like a drum. Yep, exactly. That, that is probably the single handedly most important thing is that you get that webbing very tight. You don't want any gaps or wrinkles or, or big, you know, loose areas flapping around. It's got to be tight. Right. And then, so as we uh, move on to the next steps, the the hoses that we're going to be using are just completely different from the hoses that you have now. Um, you will use a three-inch hose, but we're going to step down from that three down to a two-and-a-half and then down to a two-inch. And then we're actually going to go to an inch-and-a-half metal tube. Yep. It's uh, aluminum, uh, aluminum metal that we're going to cut a tube that's probably about four and a half, maybe five feet long, where we want to cut a 45 degree angle on the end of it, just so it gives you a little bit of, uh, you know, po- poking ability, flow out. Yeah. <laughs> poke it through the web. And then it, it allows it, if you hit the top plate or bottom plate, it allows the material to flow through. Yep. So that's what we're going to, you know, we're going to go with those. And now the, the other key to this is uh, the settings on your on your machine. Now, when you're used to blowing attics, you're going to have those settings set wide open, and you yep. you can't do that when you're toning down the the hoses to a you know basically a one and a half inch outlet at the end. So yep. we're going to dial back our material uh, to about gonna, definitely yeah. going to close the slide gate. Yeah, to about twenty five percent of what you're normally used to doing so you want to drop that way back um and then it's always a good idea to uh you know do a um, test test cavity exactly a test cavity that you can feel because the density that you're looking for and i know i, I said three and a half to four cubic feet of pound how do you so how do you how do i figure that right exactly you know I, I don't have a way to so it needs to feel like a firm mattress yeah that's that's really the bottom line you want to put that on so that it feels when you push your hand against that, that it's a, it's a firm mattress feel. Yep. And it, it, meaning like if you were to remove the med- netting, it's not going to fall out, not even going to come close to falling out. In fact, if you were to cut a small section, none of the others should fall out or drop or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the, the technique for putting it in there is, um, you know, some people think in the old, old days, they used to just put the hose in far enough like it was a gas tank and let it fill up and we found that that doesn't work really well that's actually where cellulose got the uh moniker that it it settles in a wall um if you install it at that three and a half to four pounds it will not settle in a wall ever yeah Um, because it's scientifically it's being installed at a higher rate than its natural settled density which is one and a half pounds per cubic foot so you're more than double yeah hence hint Hence the term dense pack. <laughs> Correct. Yes, uh, that's exactly why. So it's not going to settle 
in that wall if you do it correctly. But what we want to do is we want to insert that tube all the way to the top or bottom. It does not matter where you start. Yep. Um, I like to poke the hose right in the middle of the cavity. Um, the that top. way, that way I can reach both, you know, the top and bottom with a five foot hose. Typically they're eight foot walls. So it makes it easy. Um, and I start at the top. I, yeah. I like to start right at the top you take the hose all the way up, pull it down about six inches. And then you just let the material fill up. Now it's going to take a little while cause it's going to yeah. fill that entire cavity. Then it's going to start to pack. Yep. Now, if, if you've set your settings correctly on the machine, all you're doing is waiting for that machine to basically clog or, or yep. slow down. And then you quickly move the hose six inches, uh, six inches away from where you just were. Yeah. So in this case, pull it down six inches quickly, not slowly. Yeah. Um, if you do it slowly, you'll slowly fill a smaller area and it won't pack. So you want to pull it so the material sort of explodes out of there and yep. then repacks itself you give it time enough to pack it down exactly yeah. then it'll go very very quickly you're going to end up you know pulling it probably every five seconds and then flip the hose go to the bottom and do the same thing coming back up um and then i like to shut as soon as i get toward the end of the hose i like to shut the uh material off and just run the air because there's usually enough material in the hose line to finish it out finish packing that hole and guys i would like to add if there's something you're doing one thing you know a lot of you may be saying hey how do i know when to jerk that hose down you'll actually you can hear it in the machine the hoses will swell and it'll almost act like it's going to stop and that's when you know to kind of burp it down that six inches like like chris is talking about exactly yeah it's so there is a uh you know there is a, a different process for this different hose setup, new materials you're going to need um, for, for new construction, but, but you can do it. Now let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit and we won't get too crazy deep into this, but there is another option for doing, you know, new construction and that is wet spray. There's another way to put that into the walls. Yeah. So, so, and I, and I like to, I'm going to correct you a little bit, Stevens. I don't like to call it wet spray. It is a, a damp application, and the reason uh, I don't like saying wet is because when people think wet spray, they think dripping water. And in fact, the the material doesn't go in at a moisture that you could squeeze any water out of it. Correct. So it, it's uh, it's a very damp application. It just activates the starches and the glues that are in the material, and allows it to uh, to stick to the wall. The um, now we don't we have not had anybody do a damp application with our with our uh, products and we do suggest you you check with us if you're going to do that because um, there there is some specific things you have to do and and quite honestly the equipment to do that if you're going to do it the right way is is pretty expensive yeah it's Uh, a lot lot more involved. Yeah, you're you're looking at upwards of sixty to eighty thousand dollars for the equipment, the truck, the tanks, the recycle hoppers. Um, there's because you're recycling this material, that product's going to go up onto the wall with that damp application, and you're going to shave it. Yeah, and that has to go back into the system. It's got to be and, super clean in there too. Yeah, you you want to make sure the house is super clean and all that. But that is another way of doing it. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that unless you can keep that 
that sixty or eighty thousand dollar piece of equipment busy every single day of the week. Yeah, my um, my favorite sticker or stamp, whatever you want to call it, definitely goes to dense packing. <laughs> yeah, it's it it's a little more. It's one of those things where you you know either you pay me now or you pay me later, right? I could definitely do a house a lot quicker with a damp spray rig, but I got to pay the eighty thousand dollars to, or you know it might take me two days to do a house if I have to net it and dense pack it, but I can do it with the equipment I have. I just have to buy a few extra hoses. So yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, you're going to pay it one, one end of the, um, yep. and there is a bigger learning curve, a much bigger learning curve with the damp application. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, we talked a little bit about new homes on that side of the fence. Let's, let's jump over to the other side of the fence and talk about existing homes. They say, Stevens, <laughs> my homeowner loves this. They love the attic. They say, man, I know this house is old. We want to put tap in the walls. Can it be done? Right. Right. It, yes, it can. It's called the retrofitting, uh, existing homes. It depends on the a lot type. of, a lot of depends. <laughs> yeah. A lot of depends on this depends on the siding of the home. So I know, you know, down in Florida, if you have a lot of stucco homes or in other markets that may have a lot of stucco homes, you need to go from the inside of the home yep. and dense pack from the walls on the inside, which ends up meaning, you know, you're going to be drilling holes into their walls. You're going to have yep. to patch them. Um, it's a li- it's very dirty inside of a house, very dusty. Um, I've, you know, I've always seen guys say, well, we'll put a chair rail in that'll hide the holes. That's a, that's a super good idea. Maybe running it all along the top and then putting a crown molding on. That's another mm-hmm. way to do it. Yep. Um, or if you're very good at patching walls and you can drill a you know a three inch hole and patch it without anyone seeing it, then good for you. Yeah. Um, that's another way. Now, a lot of the homes, especially up in the northeast, Ryan, we we go from the outside of the home because we have a yep. lot of uh, lap siding and and yep. you know vinyl sided homes. Those are about to say vinyl's probably the easiest. <laughs> Yeah, you, you basically unzip those and you get up behind it and um, then you just drill your holes in the sheathing and, and run the hoses. Now, very similar to uh, to new construction, except for the hose that we're using is not a metal tube anymore. We're going to switch that metal tube out to a rubber hose yep. and like a, um, like a pool hose. They're very... Very uh, malleable. Strong, but very malleable. To use one a little bit. A little more uh, oomph behind it. There are those weak milk hoses, the clear milk hose. I'm not a fan of those putting them into a wall because they bend too easy. Yeah. Um, and you can lose track of where they are on the wall. Yeah. The, the hoses that I like to use are a little more uh, thicker walled. Um, they're they're considered like the uh, pool hose. Yeah, type been of just enough to get it, you know, to go down in the cavity, but that's about it. Yeah, so it's got some strength to it, and you can see, and, and that's the thing you're going to have to do is you have to feed that hose up into the wall. Yep. Um, and a lot of, treat a lot it. Of, I was going to say a lot of times it's a good idea to make markings on your hose so you know exactly where it's at too, as far as distance wise. Right. Yeah. That that's extremely important. Um, you know that if you have to go up five feet, you want to mark that hose and make sure you're going up five feet. If you end up going three feet. Chances are there's a, a fire break in there or something in the way, and you need to get around it, so you may have to drill another hole above it. 
Yeah. Um, so there's yeah different things you, to you got, pay attention. You got to be you got to be careful about packing those cavities because you can have you know pipes and wires and different <laughs> things and, and drywalls not always hung the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well that that's a whole new thing too. So, I mean, you want to talk about storage? I mean, I've had I've had people dent wall and uh, fill entire closets up. Because, (laughs) you know, a lot of some people when their houses, they may, you know, they got home from their from their weekend bowling tournament and they didn't do so well. They throw the bowling ball to the back of the closet. It bashes a hole in the back of the closet. Nobody fix it because you can't see it. Yeah. And then what happens? You dense pack that outside wall and now you're filling up somebody's closet. And uh, that and I've seen that. I've seen it happen behind cabinets. There's a lot of places people don't patch holes because you don't see them. Yep. And when you start uh, blowing insulation, you will find them. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. So walls, can they be done? Absolutely. But there's definitely kind of an art and some new pieces of equipment you got to get involved with. So Yeah. And, and everything here, again, it all applies to the new home. You, you have to calibrate your machine, drop that setting back. Um, you know, your potentials for issues are clogging lines, you know, finding yeah, some holes in the in the back of closets. Um, you know, like you said some drywall isn't in great shape. You could blow drywall off the wall. Yeah. Um, so there is a there is a bigger learning curve. It is a uh, um, a little bit different to different um, technique to do. Yeah. Um, but it can be done. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's something that if you wanted to get into, you can talk to Stevens or I be happy to try to train your crews on it, but I'm going to tell you, it's not something that you're going to walk away after we train you and say, okay, you're ready to do it. Yeah. I, I still learn stuff every, every day. Um, every day I'm out there on a job. Uh, I learned something new about dense packing that I didn't know before. So it's an ongoing uh, yeah. training. And I'd just like to say for the record, you know, please don't think you're going to do this or have a couple of customers that want to do it, sell the job and then, set training and then think you're going to do it right away. <laughs> like Chris right. said, you, you want to learn how to do this and then move forward with it. Yeah. And well, and just pricing the job, how did you price it? I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's the other question. That's just, it's a, uh, it's a different price model than, than doing an attic. So you, you've got to pay attention to that too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's all the comments that I have on that section. You want to move in. We did have two questions come in. Yeah, let's uh, let's hear the questions. Okay, so Carl from let me pull this email up. He said Carl in Minnesota. He said he wants to know if a house has a ridge vent, gable vent, and soffit vent, should we block off the gable vent? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, and I've I've heard this from some folks because um, you know we always talk about upper and lower ventilation. Yep. And you have that with a soffit and a ridge. And yep. so if you have a gable end vent, does it take away from uh, the upper and lower actually working? Because it's sort of yeah. like a mid. Um, and I, I understand the science behind that. I am still a proponent of more ventilation is better. And I think we're better off leaving it open until, you know... I, and until yeah. code comes around and says you can, you have to remove one. I'm not yeah. sure I'd I'd start making changes on a house's uh, ventilation. 
Yeah, no, I, I was going to say I agree. I, I understand the thought process with it. It's kind of noodling in the weeds, so to speak. But until, you know, there is code, you know, structural code written around it, I agree. I'm a fan of just, just leaving it more better than not. You know, I, I can understand the thought with it, you know, saying, hey, yeah. you know, the ridge vent, it's, it, it, it's, we're breathing middle top upward side of our attic but you know we're taking away from the soft event which is important but i i am a fan of leaving it yeah i've always uh i've always taught on the nature of if you have uh if the ventilation is working in a home you're not getting moisture issues or mold and mildew don't change it yeah that's always been my my direction so awesome well good question carl um let's see we had another one come in from ben and ben is down in the sunshine state of florida and he said, I sometimes hear about cellulose causing an ammonia odor. Does tap do that? Good question, Ben. <laughs> yeah, good, Ben. The answer uh, is um, it does not. Tap does not do that. Uh, what you're referring to is some of the cheaper insulations that are on the market. Um, they're manufactured uh, for price to be the cheapest they can because it's called ammonium sulfate. And ammonium sulfate that's added to a product has all of the um, fire retardancy that they need. Um, it doesn't do anything else other than the fire retardancy in the material. And it can cause a ammonia smell in the right circumstance. Yep. So that is what you're uh, referring to there. And TAP does not have any of that in there. Yep. Uh, we don't we don't use ammonium sulfate at all. And so you will not have any of that off gassing smell or anything like that. Yeah. Tap is we are definitely not a blended product. So you will not have any of that. But that's a good question. That's something I get from homeowners time and time again. You know, they they get this gets you know proposed to them. They love the idea. But then they start everyone heads to the Internet and they start researching. Boy, is there all kinds of stuff out there. <laughs> so. Yeah, there is. And unfortunately, you know, the Internet can can really feed to a lot of that stuff that's you know oh there's you know it off gases and ammonia smell and then everyone thinks oh god i think i smell it in my house yeah. your product did it and it's like no that's it's we don't put that in there that's a different thing that's really going to be your um what i like to call your your big box uh, price leaders you know they're the ones who who come in there and do that so yeah ben and carl good thanks for the questions we we certainly appreciate that um Folks, please send us send us whatever you can. Um, uh, your questions, uh, your stories, podcast at tapinsulation.com, and we'll send you out a gift pack. And uh, Ben and Carl, yours is already on the way. Awesome. We'll jump into the next section here. This is Herd in the Field. <laughs> so, Chris, what do we have this week? This week? Well, I, I kind of just gave you my other story of filling up the back of a closet. Yep. Um <laughs> So I, I guess I have to resort to, uh, you know, some bug jokes and stuff. So I'm, I'm, um, all, I'm all ears. <laughs> What's smaller than an ant's mouth? Mm, I'm drawing blanks. Uh, uh, an ant's dinner. <laughs> Did I hear crickets? Yeah, I, I'm lost on that one. An ant's dinner is smaller than an ant's mouth. Uh, still crickets. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, Maybe I'll get the what next is <laughs> what is the difference between a fly and a bird? 
a bird can fly, but a fly can't bird. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Hey, I was today, I was Googling something about insects. Mm-hmm. I, f- I found out that the only continent lacking indigenous ants is Antarctica. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, a large oil company has announced it's going to start producing fuel from insect urine. Wow, that'd be something. Yeah, I think it was uh, BP. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I hate insect puns. Insect puns, man. They bug me. Oh, those were good. Those were solid. Uh, except one you didn't even get. Jeez. Yeah, no, I, I still don't get it. I'm trying to think about it. I still don't get it. But that's all right. Folks, we need help. Chris needs help. I need help. We all need help. Hey, we thank you for listening this season. If you listen to everything, we certainly appreciate it. If you haven't, go back and listen to them. We've got more great jokes for you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was fun. That'll wrap us up. And remember, keep the feet on those joysticks. Whoosh.